Audacious Compassion, Episode 14, Weird Abusive House Ghosts. Toothpaste, lemonade, polka dots and stripes, you're a dark night, and I'm the day, we're a wreck and that's Hello, and welcome to Audacious Compassion, a podcast where we explore how to find compassion in the most difficult places in daily life. I'm Melissa. And I'm Gregory. And today we'll be talking about understanding requests and helping others understand your boundaries. So, Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Sometimes I feel like saying I've been busy lately. (laughs) I'm never actually more busy than I normally am. Oh, this is at the baseline appropriately, right? Sure, yes, I suppose. Uh, but I've been thinking lately about how one sets one's social calendar. So, like, I've got two role-playing games that go on every other week, uh, three role-playing games that go on every other oh, week. Yep. I've got meetings for Future Proof Games. I've got uh, that sort of thing. I'm dating people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this thing that comes up periodically where two out of five people won't be able to show for a role-playing game. Yep. And it's like, some part of me is like, I want to cancel game. Like, if we're only going to have three people, I could have a free evening. Because, you know, I want a free evening sometimes. I want an evening where I can just do whatever, or work on whatever. Or maybe two two evenings, one where I can work on Future Proof, and one where I can, you know, just have time for myself. Right. In the same way, like, if I'm setting a schedule, if, if the stars align, like... It might be three people that I'm dating or four people that I'm dating that all want to have an evening with me sometime in that week. Yep. Um, and, you know, I like all those people. Um, <laughs> I like spending time with them. And I want the opportunity to do so. But if I'm doing like, okay, well, Monday I've got, you know, uh, a date with this person. Tuesday I've got an FPG meeting. Wednesday I've got D&D. Thursday I'm having ramen with someone. Friday, I have finally have a work evening. Saturday, I have a game. Like these things yep. all pile on top of each other, and I, I have this weird difficulty with saying, "Not this week." Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Three of my four of my seven nights are busy this week, and right. I need time mm-hmm. to get stuff done and to myself. And and even that, like when I said that, I said, "I'm sorry." Like that's not a thing I have to apologize for. Like. <laughs> It's perfectly reasonable to be like, I like spending time with you, or I like running this D&D game, but not right now. Right. Yep. It feels like I'm letting people down or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I think I've done okay on that lately. Like this past Wednesday, folks were like, oh, I'm not going to be on it. I'm like, okay, we're not having a game. Yeah. See you in two weeks. Yep. Uh, let's talk about, you know, alternate schedules or whatever. I'm feeling a little better about that, but that's still real tricky Yeah. to be like, I value spending time with you, and at the same time, I don't want to spend time with you on this day. Right. I don't know if that, is that harder when there are five people involved, or harder when it's one person you are in love with? <laughs> uh, sh- sure, I mean, it... Uh, hmm. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't answer that on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know, it's different, right? Like... I am okay with a sense of obligation when it comes to a role-playing game. Yeah. Like, I did, I made an agreement. Mm-hmm. 
this is when I'll do this thing. I'll do the preparation. I'll do the work. I'll do it. Like that's, I'm far more comfortable with like, I'm obligated to these people to do this. I've given them, I don't want that in a romantic relationship. I never want to be like, well, I said I was going to do this and now I don't want to like, yeah, I'm only going to commit to things that I, that I'm going to follow through on. Yeah. So it's different in that sense. Like the, the emotions involved are different. Yeah. But I, I mean, I care more about, how my date mates feel about me canceling than like Rob from D and D. Like I like Rob from D and D, but yeah. I don't care about him as much as I do about people I'm dating. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's it's tricky. I'm I'm doing well currently. Yeah. I think managing how full my schedule is and still getting to see people often, which yeah. is nice. So how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, gearing up for surgery in a few weeks. Yeah, that's a big deal. A couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's a huge deal, but, uh, I've sort of, I've, I have a foot in the hole that is the game Endless Space 2. Yeah, that game has been your, your current, uh, I don't want to say obsession. Not obsession. Area of focus area when it comes to video games. Yes, yeah, so I've been playing two games very heavily. Um, both of, one handles bite-sized time much better, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm playing Orcs Must Die Unchained. Which... 20 minutes, you can knock out a round of that. Right. And then Endless Space 2, which very much... 10, 20 hours, you can knock out a round of that. <laughs> right. Um, and it's a it's a 4X space game, um, in case folks don't know what that is. That's um, building a stellar empire. Yeah. Um, From one planet to, like, a whole bunch of star systems. Exactly. Taking over opponents and so on and so forth. So it's like, if you've ever played Civilization, it's like that in space. Yep. Um, so it has this sort of... Oh, just one more turn, just one more turn. I'm going to get research done next turn. Yeah. I'm going to, this outpost will become a colony. Exactly. Um, and it's it's great. It's a very well-designed game. I highly recommend it. Um, but it's, as with most games for me, it's more fun when I'm playing with other people. Mm-hmm. So I can certainly drop 10 hours at a time by myself. Um, but you play with me mm-hmm. and uh, one of our friends also plays. It's and the more people you involve, the harder it is to coordinate schedules. Mm-hmm. So when we play, I'm greedy with that time, right? I'm like, I yeah, want to play. Yeah, you want to be like, this was hard to arrange. I don't want to play for just like an hour. Right. Even though we start at 9 p.m. And we all have day jobs. Right. And so, and so I think this happened the last time we played was we played for maybe an hour and a half or so. And then you asked, what time did we say we were going to stop? And, and I, no one replied. No one, no no one, one said a word. We're all on voice chat. No one said anything. <laughs> and I felt like that maybe eight-year-old, five to eight-year-old child <laughs> who, when my mother would say, I, is it bedtime? I would, <laughs> I would suddenly become the most silent child ever. You pretend you didn't hear. <laughs> and though you were making eye contact at the time, just like slowly look away. <laughs> And, you know, oh, just one more cup of water, oh, mm-hmm. you know, my sheets are rumpled, or whatever kind of excuse. Um, it felt like that, which is, on one level, kind of funny. On the other, it's disrespectful, right? Like, like you are soft, you are softly putting forth a boundary, gently putting forth a boundary. That is like, hey, I need to get some damn sleep. And I'm going, so? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, in this case, like, clearly I was able to ask and I didn't, like, follow up on that. Well, you, so you did it eventually. T- it, well, yeah, I mean, eventually, I think I asked another time and didn't get a response. No, the third no, time no, no, I no. was like... The second time I did answer. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but 
I wasn't that bad. But like, it wasn't it wasn't a huge disrespectful thing. No, it was just like, yeah. And yet, I'm always sleep deprived, always struggling to get more sleep. Mm-hmm. One would think I would be more respectful of this in general. Um, so that's been sticking in my head. I will try to be a better uh, play partner when it comes to video games and such and since it's something that i care about i'll try and like say i'm up for only playing this game for seven hours tonight <laughs> i'm trying to get to bed before 4 a.m there i think there have only been two times that we truly lost track of time and stayed up till two in the morning out of how many play sessions um four <laughs> All right, so we're we're doing well, doing good fifty percent success rate. All right, so we uh, did not receive a prompt from uh, from a listener this month, so we pulled our prompt from a site called the Interpersonal Stack Exchange, and the Stack Exchange Network is a particular style of site. Um, this one you can visit at interpersonal.stackexchange.com. Um, but they have a really good moderation system, really good voting mechanisms, mm-hmm. things like that, that help keep it high quality. Uh, we'll link to this specific question in the show notes. Uh, this was a really long one as posted, so we shortened and chopped significantly. Mm-hmm. Their question is, basically, I don't have enough time. I have so many things I want to do, books to read, stories to write, pictures to draw, etc., that I never have time to do them all. Now I have a new additional roommate with her boyfriend. They keep trying to rope me into spending time with them. When they're in the kitchen, they keep knocking and asking me polite questions. They cook too much food and invite me to join them. All right, all right, this one isn't actually that much of a problem. It's generally all extremely nice of them, but the problem is that spending time with them is boring to me. I really like them. I think they're great people, but I just don't have much in common with them, and I keep feeling like I'm just wasting time when I hang out with them. I know that they already know I'm trying to keep my distance from them, and I also know that it bothers them. I'd like to sit down with them and try to explain the situation, but no matter how I try to phrase it in my mind, it just sounds incredibly rude and unfriendly. What would be a good way to explain this to them without offending them? This is one of those good old, everyone knows there's a problem, Mm -hmm. and no one's really raising it things. It's also my life story, I feel like, a little bit. (laughs) You always feel like you're the curmudgeon in the basement who just wants to be left alone? Kind of, sometimes. I mean, I certainly have that impulse myself. Like, I I very much value my alone time and never leaving my house and stuff like that. I like making things, and a lot of the things I like to make don't involve other people. Yeah. So you don't you don't do community theater, right? Yeah. You sit at a computer and do stuff, or or knit, or whatever. Right. Right. So. I definitely, definitely sympathize and empathize with this this question asker. Yeah. So I mean this is this is your classic setting a boundary, establishing consent thing. Right. Where you're saying, you know, the the, the, the question asker clearly wants to say, I am down for eating dinner with you, I'm down for this amount of social interaction, but there's a limit to that, and I want to make this clear and have some way of not being pestered further beyond that. Right. Part of that understanding seems to be having the other people recognize that what they are doing is of value to them, right? Yeah. Like, like the reason I don't want to be interrupted is because what I specifically, this thing I'm doing right now is very important. Please respect that. Yeah, it's not, it's not that you... 
they don't value the time they spend with their roommates. It's that there are other things that they value, too, that they want to be able to, to maintain. Right. Now, to be fair, they also kind of don't value this. Well, I mean, I, I, think, I think that thinking they're nice people and finding spending time with them being boring, I think those are consistent. Like, those are fine. Yeah. Like, there, there are people who I am happy to spend 20 minutes hanging out with, and then I get really bored. Right. Like, hey, how's it going? How's that lacrosse team that you're on? Okay. Nice yeah. talking to you. Like, that's a perfectly fine interaction. It's just when it goes beyond that point. Right. That, so, so, yeah, that, that problem of they know, I know, I know they know, they know, I know they know, I don't want to offend them. Right. But you're already in this situation where everyone knows, yeah, right? And you're, and like you're, you're that weird roommate who stays in their room and never wants to chat about <laughs> lacrosse with them. And you're kind of you. You may already be offending them on a low key kind of situation, but the fear is of spiking that. Right. right? The fear is like, well, they just came up to me and said that they never wanted to talk to me ever. Right. I have trouble. Where if I start painting the scenario in my head of how a conversation is mm-hmm. going to go, as this person has done, right? They've right. said, I'd, however, no matter how I try to phrase it in my mind, it keeps sounding incredibly rude or unfriendly. The more I do it, either the more milk toast what I'm yeah. going to say gets, or the accidentally worse it seems to be received in my head. Yeah, yeah. if you head. start running through scenarios and like simulating a yeah. person in your head too much... Especially when you're not getting any feedback. You're not, like, right. if it, you're just going over and over in your head, you're not getting anything back from the other person to see how close <laughs> your model of them is. Exactly. Um, so that way, that way lies just misery of, yeah. like, being completely stymied in what to do. I mean, the, one of the first steps, I think everyone knows what we're going to say, is understand how they feel about the situation. This is going to, the way you say this is going to differ depending on the person, mm-hmm. but... Your basic question is, why do you keep wanting to spend time with me? Because yeah. because it could be because we really enjoy talking to you about X, Y, Z. Right. Or it could be because you always seem so lonely uh-huh. and we want to make sure that you're getting enough social interaction. Mm-hmm. And or, if it's, or it could be if I'm in your house, it's rude not to try to include you. Yes. It could be, like, there could be all sorts of cultural norms, could be any number of things tied up into that. That would might be a complete surprise to you, thinking that maybe they're quote-unquote just overly friendly, or, you know, something like that. Yeah, and, and so those have different responses, right? Like, mm-hmm. if someone th- thinks that they're doing you a favor by, by inviting you, you can just be like, hey, it's it's okay, like, I don't mind... <laughs> you not not including me all the time yeah, like like just don't sweat it just leave yeah. me <laughs> if it's that they really enjoy some specific thing you can be like okay hey how about we talk about that thing for a bit mm-hmm. and then get that you know get the the dosage of that done because probably if they really enjoy doing a thing with you you enjoy doing it with them like it's relatively rare that someone in socially enjoys doing something that you hate like if you've got a decent relationship with these people and they're not just like weird abusive house ghosts (laughs) but that's still a tricky conversation to start it is because you're kind of putting yourself out there as hey we're gonna talk about the fact that i don't want to talk to you yeah and and i mean i think they've got a valid point if you say why do you want to hang out with me 
why do you keep wanting to hang out with like there's yeah that does sound very that's, rude that's either going to sound like why on earth could you want to hang out with like with a worm like me right or why do you want to do this completely unreasonable <laughs> thing of wanting to have conversations with me neither one of those comes across well right so i don't know so one thing that comes to mind is the standard nonviolent communication pattern of, of talking where it's you state an observation you mm-hmm. say how you feel about that and you kind of talk about the needs that are associated with it so something like hey last night you knocked on my door three times mm-hmm. while i was in the middle of something i felt annoyed yeah annoyed or or frustrated or whatever because mm-hmm. i value my time but that that definitely frames it as a problem right yeah. Which it is. It is a problem, but it's it's confront that that feels confrontational to me. It does. It feels like there needs that that sounds like there is a solution to be reached. Yeah. And then you can check the box and say, These people won't bother me anymore. Yeah, and this is far more a let me make my boundaries clear. Right. I mean the the corollary to figuring out why they keep bugging you is to see if you can help them understand why you really only want to talk to them x amount of time right i mean we might be overcomplicating this a bit this might just be a compliment sandwich situation (laughs) right like this might be a you know compliment (laughs) request or, or issue compliment like a conversation could go like hey i really enjoy chatting with y'all during dinner but I do have a lot of projects that I need to work on. If I go into my room and shut the door, is it cool if I don't interact with you? Or that, that might sound a little too much like asking permission. So maybe like, if I shut the door, it means that I'm done with social stuff for the night. Yeah, 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 that is simpler. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that all that like forming empathy and forming compassion and figuring out how to frame the values and so on is important because that conversation is going to, it's not going to end with that statement. Right, that's the conversation opener. Yes. Folks are almost certainly going to be like, well, sure, I mean, did were we bothering you? Like, it, yeah. It, I mean, we can just leave you alone or whatever, right? Like, right. that's going to continue. And that's when you pull in the, well, it's not that I don't care about people or yeah, that, but, but fundamentally this is a, here's my boundary. Here's what I am willing to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a concept which has come up in, I think I first learned it at a polyamory conference, but it's the concept that all social interactions require consent. Yes. Like, it's not just, like, having sex with someone or, you know, doing BDSM or whatever right. that requires explicit consent. Which our culture's finally getting around to talking about more frequently. Yes, yes. But it's also, like, I need consent to talk to you at all. Like, right. if I don't consent to talk to you, I don't have to. Right. And you, if you pressured me to, to have a conversation that I didn't want to have, that's wrong. Right. Yes. And I mean, that's, that's obviously a complicated situation, but fundamentally, if you don't want to talk to someone, it's okay. Right. And it is good for you to make that clear. Exactly. And to say, here's, here's what I am willing to do, and here's what I'm not willing to do. Exactly. And it's not unreasonable to say, I am not willing to do that, even for little things. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you convince someone else of that? And how do you determine, so so one thing, you know, we've talked forever about politeness, right? Mm-hmm. So the question of whether you have offended someone, I don't know that this 
I don't want to rehash the politeness stuff. We talk about right. that a lot. But how do you assess, like, to be offended? One, it's a very loaded term. Mm. Uh, two, isn't a descriptive. It's not, doesn't actually describe, like, what does it mean to be offended? Right. Like, does it mean you're upset at all? Does it mean that your feelings have been hurt? Does it mean that some injustice has been done? Yeah. Those things get really blurred. And it's pretty likely that when you have this conversation, someone's going to feel bad. Yeah, someone's like, not going to feel great. Someone's probably going to be like, oh, I like talking to you. Right. Okay. Right. I guess I don't get to do that as much. Right, because their needs are going to be less met. If if the strategy they have been using to meet their needs is talking to this person mm-hmm. repeatedly over the course of the night. Then... Constantly knocking on their damn door. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Well, I can't imagine. I've had roommates. Then... Yeah, someone's going to feel less great at the Mm -hmm. end of that conversation. If they cannot recover on their own, like without causing drama Mm -hmm. from hurt feelings, then you're kind of in a tenuous living situation anyway. Right, Right. like if things are that fragile. Right, if this this causes perpetual snarky remarks or anything like that, like... You, you, it was already a ticking time bomb. It's probably better to have that out and know mm. now. Ah, uh, maybe. Well, I mean, it was going to come up in some way. In like, some way. if it wasn't you saying that you didn't want to be bothered, it was going to be like, who cleaned out the deep fat fryer or whatever. <laughs> like, that's, that's a laugh of remembering an old roommate of yours, I think. <laughs> I love him dearly. <laughs> so I think it's worth risking hurting someone's feelings briefly to change the situation in which your feelings are being hurt on a low level continually right like you're it's i mean it's it's up to you whether you want to make that trade-off that's true but i would say if every night or if you know half of all nights you're being bugged when you're trying to do something important to you Mm -hmm. it's worth it to have a conversation or two where people might come out with some hurt feelings I totally agree. Because afterwards, you know that you're all going to be on the same page. You're all doing only the things that you're willing to do and respecting each other's boundaries. Now, do you think I can have this conversation with my cats? Because I would say (laughs) just about every evening, a couple of times, they interrupt my important thing. I think that cats' (laughs) understandings of consent and boundaries are a little bit different than humans. (laughs) Um... I think you kind of have to meet them at their level on that. Damn. All right. Well. So hissing, uh, maybe gnaw on their, on their fur a bit. Uh, That's what no. I'd suggest. <laughs> so uh, what have you been inspired by lately? I have been working on some side projects. Side projects? Well, Did you run time. out of things to work on? No. <laughs> no. Um, I needed a bit of a break. You know, we're kind of in this... this this final five to ten percent of majesty of colors. Yeah, we've got this game that we're almost ready to release. Right. And it's it's hard stuff left, right? It's like It's getting, not the fun stuff anymore. Not, no, it's like getting it ready for the window store. It's getting it ready mm-hmm. for Steam and so on and so forth. And it's just drudgery work with no easy solutions. Um and so I needed a break and there was no one around to play endless space with. <laughs> so I pulled up a site that I've owned for about seven years now um and haven't worked on in about two years haven't deployed anything updated to it in three years which is just a really long time yeah especially in computer programming terms right so this is uh granny square colors which is a site where 
people who are crocheting blankets go and put in the colors that they have in their sort of random yarn stashes. Um, and it generates forcibly random blankets for them um, that they can, you know, save off as patterns and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's really old. I slapped the design together seven years ago. Um, it's not very mobile friendly. One of those things where you look back and you're like, how could I have ever been so bad at this? Well, I, I mean, it's not the worst. I've done, sure. I've done worse. <laughs> Um, but it's not great. And it's just sort of been sitting there and it's, it's pretty popular. So a couple of years ago, I hired a designer to make a new design for it, started implementing it and then paused partway through that implementation. Hmm. And so now I'm like multiple versions of software behind and this design is only partially done and the web is better than it was two years ago. So I can actually code it even better. So it's just, it's just been in this flux state. So uh, this past weekend or so, I put in a solid bunch of hours. Like I had a lot of trouble sleeping. Um, mm. I haven't been feeling well, so uh, got a bunch of progress done on it, and it just felt great. Like to bring the site up to spec. I haven't deployed that part yet, but to get it up to spec and have it running and figure out this whole path, it just felt like this major accomplishment of something that's been looming over my head for years. So that's really inspiring. Like, I it makes me want to just keep working on it just a little bit. Like, I'm traveling starting this weekend, and I'm like, well, I can, you know, I can fit in a little bit of time here and there for that, or I can, I don't know, I just feel more capable and more accomplished from having done that. Yeah, that good old, like, if you actually get to check some things off your to-do list, yeah. you, everything seems easier, and everything is easier. Yep, and I am at a point, I've been at a point in my life for these last, I'd say, two or three years where there are so many things to do and so many projects, I don't even have a to-do list anymore. Yeah. I just work on things. Um, I used to be a, you know, David Allen getting things done, sort of always keep lists of stuff, and uh, eh, I'm too busy for that. So, yeah. But uh, still recognizing those accomplishments is important. Exactly, yeah. So that's been inspiring me. What's been inspiring you? Well, uh, I've been reading a book called The Scar by China Mieville. Um, I don't know if I've talked about anything by, by him on the show before. I'm not sure. Um, but he's he's a really cool author. Um, uh, fantasy, I guess. <laughs> uh, weird fiction, certainly. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think fantasy, definitely. He, yeah, especially these, this series, um, which takes place in a, in a very unconventional, non-Tolkien-y fantasy world. Where, like, everything is kind of grimy, it's a little bit steampunk, there is steam, but it's not, like, really high-tech, there's weird magic, people are, like, remade as punishment for crimes into, like, weird cyborg people or mutant people. That's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, they're, one of the major, like, species of person is a cactus person, like, cactaceae are everywhere. All right, Um, I'm in. (laughs) People with, with, uh, scarabs for heads. Like it's it's a weird world. It's very cool, and this this story is about um, a woman who's a who's a translator or a linguist who is basically her ship is taken by pirates, and she ends up in like this pirate city that she can't leave. And why can't the, she leave? Because it's forbidden. Like oh, you, because okay. it's this kind of secret location, it's a floating city uh, made up of a bunch of ships, and she can't leave. And there's all sorts of intrigue, and they're trying to do. There's some weird project that this city is taking on, and one of the really interesting things about it is that so it's a, a woman main character in a world where 
women are it's not as your standard women are subjugated fantasy thing like it's yeah. not a game of thrones thing but it's <laughs> sorry it's at least is there's at least as much sort of patriarchal stuff going on as is our current modern world and probably a little more so like yeah women are still kind of treated as like something someone needs to be protected or 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 something um and but she it does not follow that standard pattern of like oh you were kidnapped by pirates you're all helpless she's not like a warrior she's mm-hmm. not particularly powerful mm-hmm. but she's also not helpless like she's incredibly assertive yeah. she ends up in this like r- sexual relationship with this spy that was also captured at the same time she was but it's not she's not the romantic one in this relationship she's like hey i'm working with him on this thing and also it's nice to have some physical intimacy with someone yeah but i'm not taking it seriously and he's the one who kind of gets a little attached yeah and she's able to like find out information on her own even though she's not a spy like she's not a wilting violet by any means she just mm-hmm. isn't equipped to operate in this world but she figures out how it's yeah. very cool like it's really cool to see a fantasy novel with a female main character who's not a warrior mm-hmm. who like goes up to someone and is like it feels like i'm always giving you these secrets and you're telling me what to do with them this is the last time like <laughs> you need to know this it's better for everyone if you know this information but i'm not coming to you again because you're a jerk yeah like that's a really cool interaction to see right much more powerful than yeah than it could be yeah, yeah. treating treating her like a person but also not like a like a weirdly empowered like super human person like she's right. not a xena the warrior princess she's just a person she's right. a linguist <laughs> and is yeah surviving in this really weird situation in this really weird world it's a very cool book i really like all of his his writing um but it's a it's so far not as grim dark as perdido street station mm-hmm. um i it might turn real south real quick near the end yeah um but it's it's very good so you're not you haven't finished it yet. i haven't finished it yet all right, so we've been talking about understanding requests and helping other people understand your boundaries. Any final thoughts on that, on, on what this person could or should do? Yeah, establishing those boundaries is, is hard, especially when you're in an ongoing situation of like very mild mm-hmm. boundary pushing. And the fact that you're going to be living with these people for months and months. Yeah, months, yeah, right? and like, you might have a lease where, where exactly. it's very inconvenient to get out. Talking about it is good. Risking risking some hurt feelings is better, I think, than putting up with something that keeps bugging you. And you have the right to say, hey, I don't want to do this. Right. Yep. And you can phrase that in a compliment sandwich way. You can phrase it in a way where it's clear that it's not that you don't like them. Right. It's you, you said you like them. Right. And I think, I mean, they offer sort of a compliment sandwich in this post itself right, right like they're yeah. very complimentary of the people the the light joking about the food you know yeah. things like, like that i think i enjoy having dinner with you i've got projects i need to work on can we call it a night after x time yep. or something like that is, is perfectly fine or can we arrange a signal so that i'm don't interrupt me like do not disturb right um and i think that that's reasonable and is gonna have some risk with it it is. It is. Like you can't you can't cause change especially in a social situation without risking something. And that's rough. It is. It's it's unfortunate. But I think it's better to have those boundaries established though. It's it's far better to have everyone on the same page. 
than to just suffer in silence. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Thank you for talking to me. And thank you all for listening. This has been Audacious Compassion. If you have a question or a prompt for discussion, please submit it to us at averyweir.net. That's A-V-E-R-Y-W-E-I-R.net. We'll have a little bit of a weird month next episode. Uh, you'll be coming out of surgery. Yeah. So we'd really appreciate if you've got a prompt, a question that you've been wanting to ask us, send it to us early, especially. Yeah. Um, uh, extra lead time would be great we'd love to to have everything set up for us so that <laughs> just in case melissa is a little bit out of their gourd on pain meds uh we'll we'll have an easier recording session yeah so we, we might record early or we might enjoy a a softball to record um, yeah so send it along especially if you're like oh this is too simple yeah yeah this isn't as complicated no totally send us the simple ones yeah that would be cool we've uh We've got had some lots of ideas lately. We and, have. We've had yeah. some tough ones. So you can find the show and us on Twitter and Facebook at Audacious Cast. Uh, and we'd greatly appreciate likes and follows. Please take a moment to rate us on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Your sharing is the best way to, for us to expand our audience. I'm Melissa Avery Weir, and I can be found on Twitter at AveryMD. I'm Gregory Avery Weir, and I can be found on Twitter at Gregory Weir. And together, we run a video game studio called Futureproof Games, which you can visit at futureproofgames.com. Our theme music is Invisible Light by Josh Woodward, available under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. Talk to you later. I'm Gregory Avery Weird. And I... <laughs> that has to go at the end. Nope. Please, please. Maybe. It's the first time I've messed up. It's the first time ever. Yes. Ever. In my life. <laughs>